Well, good morning, church. It's uh, great to uh, come together. As I'm looking out my window, I can see that uh, the uh, trees are starting to turn golden. Um, it's that time of year. Now we're into, um, well, summer's gone. I guess we're mid-autumn, uh, eventually coming into winter. Um, so the temperature has certainly gone a lot colder than uh, when I last spoke. You know, it is good. It is good to come together um, after a busy week of, you know, the usual ups and downs. Um, but it's good to set ourselves aside. Um, it's good to, well, set aside actually means holy. You know, we are now in God's presence. We want to come into God's presence. And um, yeah, we want to set ourselves aside. Um, we want to bring our cares of the week to the cross, lay them there and let he, him deal with them um, this morning. And uh, we want to share this time with God. We want to talk to God. We want to pray and worship him, uh, sing to each other. But also we want to listen. We want to listen to what God's got for us. As we know, we're well, us are online at the moment um, uh, through the Zoom meeting and also through the website. And there's about 30 meeting in, in the church at the moment. Um, at, well, assuming you're listening at 10.30. Um, so, yeah, we're expecting God to work in both on Zoom, online, if you're listening to this after 10.30, any time during the Sunday or whenever. But also, you know, we're looking to God to move also with the people in, in the church as well. And he certainly did last week. It was a great time in the morning. So last night, um, the worship team were practising um, we're practicing some new songs. Um, hopefully we'll be able to share um, those with you. Um, one of those ones we really, we really actually struggled with this song. Um, it's, it's quite vocally diff difficult. Uh, the note range is quite large and trying to fit it in with male vocals and female vocals is quite challenging. But I don't know whether we actually got it in the end. Maybe we will get it on the night, as it were. But I just want to read the, the words. The words were just amazing, which is why we kind of push through. We don't choose songs just because it's a great tune. We choose songs because we believe that the words are great and they're inspiring, um, either worshipping God um, or talking to each other, and, and hopefully both. Um, but yeah, so let's just, so I'm just going to read the words to this. It's actually Living Hope um, by a chap called Phil Wickham. How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night. Then through the darkness your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished, the end is written. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Who could imagine so great a mercy? What, ho what heart could fathom such boundless grace, the God of, ages, God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. The cross has spoken, I am forgiven. The King of kings calls me his own. Beautiful Saviour, I'm yours forever. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Hallelujah, praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah, death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, my living hope. There came the morning that sealed the promise. Your buried body began to breathe. Out of the silence, the roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me. 
and it repeats. But Jesus, yours is the victory. And uh, it just goes on to sing the, 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 the chorus again. Hallelujah, praise the one who set me free. Lord God, we just we just want to praise the one who set me and everybody is listening to this free. And you set the whole world free. It's just that we're just acknowledging this this morning on this recording and this time we're sharing together. Lord, you set us free. Your blood was shed. You, you just tore the veil in two. It tore down the middle, Lord. And we just thank you so much. We just thank you that we... We can only come to you because of that blood that covers us. You atoned us. You, you, you set us free. You've redeemed us. And Lord, we want, just want to worship this morning. Just want to worship you. So Lord, we just pray for your Holy Spirit to just to minister into each of our hearts. Lord, we just pray for your Holy Spirit just to do a new thing. Lord, bring all of the different people who are worshipping you this morning from our church in a new way, in a coordinated way, by your spirit. Your spirit is across all of these different ways that we're worshipping you this morning within our church, within your body. So Lord, I just pray you just bring us a thread through all of those, live, Zoom, and offline. So Lord, we just thank you that you are the God that can do that. We just ask this in your precious name. Amen. Excellent stuff. Right, okay, well we look forward to... Uh, um, the songs that's been pre-prepared, but even though they're pre-prepared, they're like predestined. We're still uh, expecting God to to move through these songs in our hearts as we worship. The words are powerful, the tunes are great, um, so let's turn our hearts to the Lord during these next uh, few moments. Amen.
Well, thank you, worship team. That was great. Um, we'll just pray for our finances and uh, our children now. So, Lord, we just thank you for all the provisions you you just give us for our church, Lord. You Even through this time, Lord, our finances have stayed stable. And uh, we thank you for that. We thank you for all of the, the money you've provided such that we can distribute that uh, through um, our food bank program and um, you know care for the community. That's also great. And Lord, we just want to ask you to continue to bless that. And Lord, we just want to um, lift up our children before you. We're not able to have all our kids groups, um, but I am aware that there's actually at least one child that's uh, going to be in the church today. And uh, that's just great that they actually want to um, put down the toys just for a sh short period of time and um, and come and, yeah, just be with their, um, their family and um, just be in your house. OK, so yeah, as we know, it's been a challenging week in the news this week. Um, you know, we've had the uh, COVID figures up and to the right, which is exactly where we don't want them to be. And there's been a lot of controversy in the media. Um, and, you know, the more you actually read, uh, you more you read. The, I, I spend some time reading the BBC um, news app and getting all the updates and everything. And you can actually get quite anxious and preoccupied with it. Um, what are we going to do? What, how is this going to impact the church? How is this going to impact my life and my family's life and my friend's life? And it is important to listen to the news, of course, but... Um, it's it's just trying to work out how to respond to this as well. And I was thinking that, you know, these listening to the news and all what's going on and the various graphs and things are a little bit like the landmarks that we have on our way as we're traversing through like a city or a landscape. And, you know, these things are like landmarks. So when you're driving, um, you don't fixate, fixate on the landmarks. You bear them in mind. You use them as points of reference. If you just fixated on a land landmark looking out the window, you'd fall off the road. But you need to keep your general focus looking ahead. And we need to keep our eyes towards heaven on Jesus Christ. And there was, you know, over lunchtime, um, you know, I was again reading the BBC News updates as, as I do eating my sandwich. And, um, you know, I saw something, the, 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 the government's phrase, which is hands, face, space, which obviously is a good thing. Um, to, to try and keep it in these times to, to reduce the virus, blah, 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 blah. But one thing that really occurred to me is that it's if we have our hands and they face space, um, so if we turn our hands to face space, it's in submission and worship to God. So our hands face space. And this completely turned it around and it's put a really, really positive message through all the difficult times. And it's really hard to do the hands face space thing. Really, really hard. But if we are, if our hands face space and we lift our hands up to God in worship and submission, he will help us um, through these times. OK, so just quickly pray for Chris and hand over to him. So, Lord, we just thank you for Chris. We just thank you for all of the people who prepare and spend all the time they do um, to give us your word. And, um, Lord, this morning we're just looking forward to what Chris, what you've got through Chris. Help us to open up our hearts and uh, be ready to receive what you have for us. Amen. So over to you, Chris. Thank you very much. 
Okay, good morning, church, and uh, I hope you're ready for Rise and Shine Part 2. We're in John chapter 11, and we're going to begin with verse 17 and read the rest of the chapter. John chapter 11, verse 17. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into the world. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews, who had been with Mary in the house, comforting her, noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth round his face. Jesus said to them, Take off the grave clothes and let him go. Therefore many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Then the chief priest and the Pharisees called a meeting of the Sanhedrin. What are we accomplishing, they asked. Here is this man performing many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. And then the Romans will come and take away both our temple and our nation. Then one of them, named Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, spoke up. You know nothing at all. 
You do not realize that it is better for you that one man die for the people than the whole nation perish? He did not say this on his own, but as high priest that year he prophesied that Jesus would die for the Jewish nation, and not only for that nation, but also for the scattered children of God to bring them together and make them one. So from that day on they plotted to take his life. Therefore Jesus no longer moved about publicly among the people of Judea. Instead he withdrew to a region near the wilderness, to a village called Ephraim where he stayed with his disciples. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, many went up from the country to Jerusalem for their ceremonial cleansing before the Passover. They kept looking for Jesus, and as they stood in the temple courts, they asked one another, What do you think? Isn't he coming to the festival at all? But the chief priests and Pharisees had given orders that anyone who found out where Jesus was should report it so that they might arrest him. (laughs) Imagine being told on for raising the dead. Imagine being taken to the principal's office at school or in some courtroom and the person next to you looks at you and says, Well, what did you do? Well, I raised the dead. (laughs) How hard can a human heart get? You know, Jesus, he he did say to these same Pharisees, um, after a story he told about another man that he named Lazarus, He said to them, if they don't listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. This morning I want to focus on two words, uh, two very short words, uh, seven letters total, um, but a lot bigger, a lot bigger than the sum of their letters. And the words are, even now. You know, when Martha said in verse 21, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. It's really, Jesus, why weren't you here? Why this unkind absence? And we've all felt that. I've felt that. We we may have even actually said the same thing. It's It's not like God isn't aware, like God doesn't know things. Every sparrow that drops to the ground, he knows. Can you even fathom a person, a child of God, leaving this broken world and entering paradise and God not know? He knows. So, like, why the silence? We just aren't always privileged to hear heaven's side. The sisters, they're feeling and seeing and hearing earth's side. They haven't heard heaven's side. They didn't hear Jesus say, I'm going there to wake him up. They didn't hear Jesus say, I'm glad that this has happened because when I'm done, you are really going to have something to believe in. They didn't hear heaven's side. They only had earth's side. Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And then she says it in the next verse, 22. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Even now. You know, I've thought about this. I could be wrong. Yeah, it happens. Uh, I don't think she was thinking of her brother being raised to life that day. 
even even after he said your brother will rise she said yeah uh, uh, of course he will you know at the resurrection of the dead on the last day and at the tomb she definitely didn't want that stone moved you know how how unfitting you know the the indignity of the smell i think if she was thinking he's going to raise my brother then you know she'd have been on top of that stone and rolling it away herself what was she thinking even now i'm going to ask her one day <laughs> She might say, well, I was thinking he was going to raise her. <laughs> or she might say, you know, I don't, I don't really know. I, I, I don't know. But he is Jesus. In the Mishnah, which is the primary book of Jewish teachings, death becomes official by the fourth day. Because by the fourth day, decomposition is very evident in the face. There was a teaching, it was false, but it was believed, that the soul hovered over the body until the fourth day, and then went on to heaven. And, and you know, it was taught and it was believed. You know, I suppose if I was hovering over my body and uh, I looked down and my face was decomposing, I would probably think, nah, don't think so. <laughs> My friend Sheldon, uh, he's retired from his career job, but he works part-time for a funeral director, so he knows all about this kind of thing. He knows that the, 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 in the hospital, the basement, the bottom floor in the basement, is where the morgue is. And uh, if you remember, he, he recently had a stroke. Uh, he's doing fine, really, really well. And... Um, but he, he was taken to the hospital and they asked him, one of the questions was, do you know where you are? <laughs> and he said, well, I'm in the hospital. Uh, I'm not in the basement, am I? <laughs> but we've all read accounts uh, of when they thought someone was dead, maybe even had the toe tag on. And then the person kind of looks around thinking, what in the world's going on? Jairus' daughter was still warm you know, on the bed when Jesus raised her. The widow of Nain's son, uh, he was on the buyer uh, on the way. The, the culture was spices, linen, and in the tomb in three to four hours, within three to four hours. So that young man, he, he would only been dead a short time. That's why Jesus is saying, I'm glad. I'm glad because you're going to see something here. The sepulchre, uh, the tomb, the cave, was carved out of limestone rock. And carved out inside was a long, flat space for a body to lay. Now, at the children's clubs, when we do the story of Lazarus being raised from the dead, the activity is always with toilet paper, and, and the kids will wrap someone. Um, it, it wasn't really like that. The person was lying down. It, it wasn't like wrapping around and around and around like we do with the kids. There was often a, a shroud. It was twice as long as the person. Uh, the person was laid on half of it, and then the other half was folded back over. And then it was tucked all around, and then it was tied with other strips of linen around the feet, the knees, the arms, the neck. And there was a small, uh, smaller linen cloth for the face. The word sarcophagus from the Greek, uh, I know it's a bit grim, literally means flesh eater. 
the limestone absorbs moisture and it, it would draw moisture from the body. After two years there's nothing left but bones. Uh, they go in, somebody goes in and gathers and scrapes the bones and puts them in a box or a vase and then that is placed in a smaller place inside the sepulchre to make I guess what we'll call bed space for the next person. At death rigor mortis begins immediately in the face and works down but after 48 hours necrosis begins and the ligaments and the joints loosen the muscles let go by four days the abdomen is bloated enzymes begin to dissolve organs the eyes are pretty much gone the brain is turning to liquid the blood is separated that's why if the body is laid flat the top will be yellow uh, but the back the bottom will be blue even now. You see how enormous those two little words are? Even now. What, what is going to have to take place? <laughs> it's, it's very easy to love Martha and Mary. Um, I think they're equal in their love for Jesus. They just express it differently. Because they're different. If Martha were a color, she'd be yellow, because that's the color of my kitchen. If she were an animal, she'd be a bird, singing and happily building her nest. If Mary were a color, she would be deep blue, like an ocean. If she were an animal, she'd be a koala, because they're cute, but they don't do much. It's lovely to see how Jesus responds so differently to the same question. Martha, very pragmatic, very ordered, needed dialogue. She, she needed to understand this. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die do you believe this? I think that those two verses are one of the greatest sermons ever preached. <laughs> I mean, if so much is packed into two words even now, our faith is grounded in that two-verse sermon. You see, he says, I am the resurrection. That's for our future. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. That's for our future. Many years ago, I was uh, fasting for a week and doing a lot of walking in the countryside. And uh, when you come to the next village, you can always spot the church because the tower is usually the highest thing in the village. And it's always welcoming because when you've been walking, you know, three or four, sometimes five or six hours, um, you know, it's nice to sit on a bench. And most churches uh, have somewhere comfortable uh, that you can just sit. So I was happy to find the church, and uh, I approached it uh, and came to the gate. And there was a sign on the gate, and it said, The Gate to Everlasting Life. And uh, I thought, that is brilliant, because that's what the church is, you know, the gospel, the message. of. Uh, and as I walked through the gate, I discovered I'm in the cemetery. Yeah, the gate to everlasting life is the cemetery. 
We mourn, but not like the world mourns, because we know. Our loved ones are dead to us, but they're alive to God. They're no longer with us, but they're with God. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful saints. Poor Lazarus. <laughs> He'll have to go through all this again. Imagine a tap on his shoulder and some angel says, Bad news, Lazarus. There's been a recall. <laughs> Jesus prayed loud so that the people could hear what he was saying. And then he shouted into the tomb, Lazarus, come out! Why the shout? Jairus' daughter, it was just a little girl. Get up. The widow's son just touched the, touched the buyer and speak to him. Why the shout? Well, it, it isn't for Lazarus. It's for the crowd. And it's for every crowd in every generation. It's for us. Do not be amazed at this, Jesus said, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. 1 Thessalonians 4 says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise. That's why he shouted. It's for every crowd in every generation. I am the resurrection. It's for our future. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And he also said, I am the life. This is for the present. Whoever lives by believing in me, well, that's being born again, will never die. Whoever lives by believing in me, which is how we're born, again, of the Spirit, will never die it's it's now Jesus said very truly I tell you whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged but has crossed over from death to life it's now 1 John 5 says God has given us eternal life and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is inside you, Christian. Eternal life is already in you. We are in the world and all that that means. All of the temptation, all of the trials, all of the hardship and pain and grief. We are in the world, but we are not of it. And one day, 
we're going to go to our real home. And we're going to live there. Where we were made for. Instead of here. You see, our loved ones are dead to us. But they are alive to God. They're no longer with us. But they're with God. Precious to Him. They are precious to Him. You ever wonder why Jesus only raised three? I mean, He healed whole towns, whole districts. Every, everybody got healed. Surely He came across more death than than three an only daughter an only son and an only brother but why not more well he only did his father's will he only did what his father wanted done our loved ones are more alive than they've ever been they're just not here they're there and they are precious to God and that's where they're going to stay I'm glad that Jesus answered Martha's question this way. Our, our, our faith is grounded in it. Now, Mary asked him the exact same question. And what it says then in verse 33 is, When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and trouble. A verse later it says that he himself wept. And then a couple verses later it says Jesus once more deeply moved came to the tomb. I'm glad Jesus answered Mary that way. I, I love the Bible. I've made my living teaching the Bible. It's great to put a Bible verse in a card or to get one. I got two great verses from Mate uh, as I was preparing this today. Two fantastic verses, you know, over the uh, WhatsApp verses. It, you know, it's great, but I, there's sometimes, maybe I shouldn't say this, I, it just, sometimes it just doesn't feel like enough. I need it to come with tears. You know, everything I've learned and believed and know and taught sometimes just doesn't feel like enough. We all have deep emotional needs. When it says Jesus was deeply moved in his spirit, in the King James it says he groaned in his spirit. And that comes from a Greek word that the very root of it is when a horse's nostrils flare as it's about to enter the battle. It's this impatient anger, this let's get this thing done, let's chomping at the bit, let, you know, the nostrils are flaring. <clears throat> and he's he is he is not angry he's not angry with anyone he's not angry with mary he's angry with it the whole mess that the world's in i get it i get it over the years i've spent quite a bit of time in residential homes and you know most of them they're as wonderful as they can be made the care workers you know 
by, by the whole are exactly that, very caring workers. Once in a while you hear a horror story and you see it on the news and, you know, that's okay. Most residential homes are professionally run and well kept. But even in that state, it's still just like the condition of, of life. You know, they want, they, want, they want them to be out of the room and into the lounge. And, you know, they're all sitting there around in the lounge and sleeping most of the day. And then somebody whose mind isn't completely there anymore, they're they're calling out and moaning out. And, and the person next to them is telling them to shut up. And I, 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 I leave sometimes thinking I hate sin. Sin causes this. Sin does this. I wish I could, I wish I held that. I wish I held that, because then maybe I wouldn't sin. You know, it's strong. It's just, well, we're all human. But you see, it's the fall. It's, it's, it's separation. It's death. I have this love-hate relationship with funerals. I love them because I get to know a person I thought I knew a lot better. And I get an opportunity to preach the gospel when hearts are actually open, when the reality of it is right in front of us. But I, I hate them. It's just, you see, you see what Jesus is groaning in his spirit at the whole state of the world and what our sin has done. It says he was troubled. You know, and it, it came out in tears. In April of 1995, in Oklahoma City, um, there was a terrorist bombing. Uh, 168 people died at, at the federal building in Oklahoma City. Um, they've put a memorial there. And at the heart of that memorial is a nine-foot statue of Jesus. But this statue, um, I wish I kind of missed the PowerPoints because I'd like to show it to you. But um, his arms aren't stretched out wide like in Brazil. Um, it, he's, one fist is over his heart and his face is in his other hand. And he's turned slightly away from where the act of terror took place. And the plaque says, and Jesus wept. And Jesus wept. Just like Jesus' response to Martha was for all of us, we can build our faith on it. Jesus' response to Mary is for all of us too. Who hasn't felt the tears of Jesus? You know, I'm glad that my Savior explained this to me. And I'm glad that my Savior cries with me. And I'm glad that I've got a Savior that no matter what, I can still say, even now. I've blown it, even now. My kids are on drugs. My spouse doesn't want me. I've hit this wall, even now. I'm estranged from the people I love the most. I'm tired. I've run out of tears. I have no real home, even now. I'm past it. I'm so alone. I'm so isolated. Where did life go? Why am I this way? Even now. Will the pain ever go away? My body is failing me. My children are lost. I'm in a tunnel. I fear tomorrow. 
even now. My spouse is lost. I'm tired of waiting. They said the word cancer. My marriage is a cruel joke. I can't stop doing it even now. Depression rules my home. My health is shattered. Why did they die? Doesn't anyone want me? I've had enough even now. Nobody understands. Why me? Why this? I'm so empty, crushed, rejected. I think the world would be better without me. How long, Lord? Is this it? Is this all? Do I really even believe? Even now. Even now. God will give Jesus anything he asked for. The ultimate even now was the cross. The condition that Jesus groaned over, even now, there's an answer. It's Jesus. There's always an even now. Even when you don't know yourself what to ask for, there's always an even now. Because he's Jesus and he knows what to do. I'm going to wind down now. Um, sometimes someone will say something that might seem small to someone else but can be life-changing for someone else. And a few years ago, um, I think it was a Tuesday morning prayer. It might have been during a service. I, can't, I, I don't remember exactly where, but I remember who, Faye. You know, she said, uh, for many years I worked for God. Now I've discovered you can work with God. And to me, a light bulb went on in my brain and in my soul. We can work with God. There was a couple of things that Jesus asked others to do. Take away the stone. Take off the grave clothes. You know, take, take, take away the stone. That was their part. They couldn't raise Lazarus from the dead. They didn't have the capacity to raise Lazarus from the dead. But they could take away the stone. Naaman couldn't heal himself of leprosy, but he could wash in the Jordan. The children of Israel couldn't get the snake venom out of their bloodstream, but they could look to the pole. Joshua's army could not create an earthquake that would destroy a city, but they could march and shout. When God wants to do some wonder in our lives, there's always an our part. When God wants to revive Lazarus, he asked them to remove the barrier. You see, we can all drift, prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. The songwriter said it. I know it's true. You know it's true. We can, fe we can feel so far from God. God wants to revive us and he asked us to remove the barrier. Think, think a, while, a, a while about that. Maybe after the sermon, after church, some quiet time, really ask yourself, what's the barrier I need to roll away? And the other one was take off the grave clothes because it's just not fitting for a live person to be wearing grave clothes. Lazarus was completely healed. You know, he, he wasn't just alive. Whatever he died from was gone. He was completely alive and healed. But what he was wearing, 
stank. And it was cumbersome. You know, he would have been like doing bunny hops or at least shuffling his feet along. You know, like our walk with God, right? You know, we, we're supposed to walk upright and blameless before him. You know, running our race, right? Soaring like eagles. And we're, we're, we're shuffling along. It says in Hebrews to throw off that which easily entangles the sin that trips us up. Run our race. You know, we have a clean slate with God. We have eternal life now. It's, it's just not fitting for us to be wearing the grave clothes of a bad attitude, a bad heart, a, a, a bad habit, just sin, just things, just things that aren't pleasant, things that stink. Things that speak more of death than life. I'm going to close with uh, two of my favorite verses and then those two words again. Daniel 12 verses 2 and 3. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake. Some to everlasting life. Others to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever rise and shine and those two words one last time get them deep deep in your soul say them enough so that they're there when you need them even now even now wow Thanks, Chris. That's uh, such a great message. And I don't really want to say too much. I think we should just have uh, a short, quiet time just to reflect. We don't just want to rush on from that message. So I just want to say just a couple of phrases from that. So Jesus wept. What is your even now? What barriers do you need to take away? And do you need to take the grave clothes off? So let's just have a few moments to reflect. Lord, we just thank you from the bottom of our hearts. You, you, you do weep. You weep. You're weeping right now for what you see across your people, across the, the, the world. But Lord, you also have joy when we do the right thing, when we remove the barrier, when we take the grave, grave clothes off when we acknowledge our even now and see you working through that even now. You rejoice with all your angels and Lord that is just so comforting. It just gives us joy and uh, Lord we just thank you so much. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to hand it over to 
our worship team is going to lead us into the last few songs. Come set your rule and reign in our hearts again. Increase in us, we pray. Unveil why we're made. Come set our hearts ablaze with hope like wildfire in our very souls. Holy Spirit, come invade us now. We are your church. We need your power in us. We seek your kingdom first. We hunger and Jesus is alive. 
Happy day indeed. Yeah, I'll never be the same. What great words. What a great song. So Lord, we just thank you for being with us this morning. Thank you for all you've spoken through, Chris. Um, and just the time we've just shared. Just thank you for your spirit, Lord. We just we knew we could rely on you when we started out. And we just, we've been so blessed. Um, so Lord, just be with us for the rest of this week, rest of the day and rest of this week and just help us lord in all the things that we've learned about so uh yeah just thank you lord amen uh there's no um no no further meetings today uh, from the church point of view um there's a bible study on wednesday um i'm sure that's a great time and that's with roger and that's at the church i think it's probably 7:30 and if you want to go to that if you've not been before i'd encourage you to do that um uh just check in with chris and roger first because you might need to book in um but uh yeah yeah that would be that would be a good time okay so i think that's it um so as we're just remember as we're hands facing and spacing let's put our hands facing space and um yeah just help us through that time and uh, teas and coffees will be served in your kitchen have a great week.